our thoughts on the final four. I guess that's the wrong sport, right? Road to the Super Bowl and everything that's happened with the NFFC, the high stakes uh, contest that Rotowire and Chrysalis have played in for for decades at this point and their latest controversy or the only controversy. And we'll get into all of that. And if you don't know what we're talking about, we'll explain it in a moment. Uh, this is a collaboration podcast of Real Man Sports and Rotowire. I'm Alan Soslowski along with Chris Liss. Liss, let me ask you, do you want to start by talking about conference championship stuff or would you prefer to go into the NFFC high stakes contest scandal? Yeah, let's talk about the NFFC because that's right. sort of a big deal in the industry and okay. even more for me because um, that's the fantasy that I play. I mean, that's what I do. All know? right. So I want you to start to explain what's going on because most people that watch this won't even have a baseline of what the NFFC is. So in like simplest uh, terms, explain what it is and what the controversy is before you give your thoughts. Yeah, so the NFFC is National Fantasy Football Championships. They also have the NFBC Baseball. Um, NFC is the whole National Fantasy Championships is sort of the company and sports hub. They have like a bunch of corporate partners, whatever. But it's the NFFC, NFBC. And Rotowire has partnerships with them for a long time. I still do stuff with them. They give me beat Chris List leagues. Um, I pay for the big high stakes ones myself, but I get comp these smaller ones and I, you know, bring in business for them and I like it and I win money sometimes. And um, I know you've done a bunch of those too, Alan. Um, and, uh, and we, and the guy who kind of runs the whole thing is Greg Ambrosius. And we've been partners for him with him for a long time. Like back before he even did it, we were, he was the guy who was running the magazine distribution for us and helping put together our, our football and baseball magazines back in like 2001. So we know them well, we've done business with them for a long time and, uh, and they're friends of ours, personal friends of ours. So what happened was there's a contest going on right now, which is a playoff contest. And you and I have talked about this in the last couple of podcasts. Um, but, um, you know, you pick players and blah, blah, blah. We'll get in all the rules. But it turned out that somebody uh, with inside help was getting to set his lineups for this contest after the games had begun. And a couple of guys on a podcast, and I wish I could give him credit. It's I do. Like, it's a, it's a Pete Overzet, Pat Corrine, and Gretch. They're the Chasing Ship podcast. Chasing Ship podcast. I, I uh, on my Real Man Sports post, I gave him credit, but I couldn't remember it. So I'll uh, right. I'll also link their podcast in our video description so they can. Okay, so I I didn't watch the whole thing, but I watched the beginning of it, and basically they good for you, <laughs> and they just sort of were so into the contest that they had you know looked at so many different rosters and they started to notice that like something was amiss, and they figured out that somebody had changed the roster after lock, and of course you can't do that, um, and uh, I actually weirdly. So yesterday I DM'd uh, Derek to ask if I if if we could set up a beat Chris list one for no. a week from Wednesday. Hold on one second. So Derek yeah. is the person who is presumably at the center of this controversy on the NFL right. so, side. Yeah, we're gonna get to that. So I uh I DM'd Derek because he's the guy I always go to to like help me set up these contests. I know him, he's a friend of mine, and he's like, ask Tom. Like, you know, and I'm like, oh, that's weird. Like, are they not going to do it for me this year? Like, what's going on? I, I had no idea. So I, you know, emailed Greg and Tom and they're like setting it up. But it was just like, that was just a little off. And then this morning I woke up, saw, you know, people talking about it on Twitter, saw the link to that podcast and was like, holy shit, there was some cheating going on in the contest. And then Derek's account has disappeared from Twitter. Um, so I assumed, okay, so he was the guy involved on the inside doing this. 
And so um, if it's just this contest that this happened, um, obviously it's unfortunate and it, you know, will get people to worry uh, in the future, but this is a contest that really one team doesn't affect another because everybody can pick the same players. There's no like, um, you know, it, it doesn't affect me if they're going to wipe out, obviously the entries that cheated and then everyone will just get ranked as they would have been. And that wouldn't affect my picks or anything about my team. So that would be pretty clean and easy to remedy. The problem is how long has this been going on? Are there other contests in the past? And so they're going to have to lean on him and get him to like say, okay, which ones, if any, um, did you affect? And, you know, they're going to have to figure out the, the remedies for that and diagnose that. I don't envy that task. I will say I wrote a piece on this at realmansports.com. Um, and this is a bit of a shill, and I, I'll, but I'll own it. I, I'm not an unbiased uh, arbiter of this because I'm friends with Greg and we've been partners with them. And they do comp me some of these leagues every year. So I am not, you know, I'm not the person to objectively say this, but you could take that with a grain of salt if you want. I'm just going to give you my two cents. That Greg, as far as I know, and I know him pretty well, um, is just a rock solid guy and is probably uh, extremely upset by this. And I trust them going forward to you know make sure this you know doesn't happen. And list, did take, you read Greg's statement? Yeah, put, I, I linked yeah, to it in my in my post. Yep, I read. Your, uh, yeah, the statement. By the way, I'll also link in the video description here, so if people want to see it, read it. Haven't seen it yet? They'll be able to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he'll take care of it and, you know, and they'll find remedies that make sense. And, um, and I trust them and I'm still going to buy my own money, the main event entry this year. Um, like I was planning to, but I'm sure he's hurting because his whole business is based on integrity and trust and it's a big violation. And people are going to be, you know, wondering like, wait, you know, when I lost last year, was that because someone was cheating and, and, you know, it's like uh, Tim Donahue, you know, the, the whole thing. It's like, as soon as you call one thing into question, you start to wonder. Um, but again, I, I can't, you know, I don't know what they're going to have to look into the past ones and see what happened. But I, you know, I don't, I wouldn't vouch for that many people, but I, I, I happen to trust Greg a lot. And uh, I think that, you know, that I can trust them going forward, but I would understand if people who don't know him, uh, you know, would feel a little more uh, suspicious of it, but I'm, I'm pretty much like, it's fine. It's not fine what happened, but it, but it's, it's not shaking me. Like, you know, my conviction, like I'm going to play the, the baseball ones as, as usual. Yeah. And the other thing they have to check out also is not because supposedly, and again, I, I only know what I'm reading right now and who knows whatever you're reading could be true, could be false. I'll take, you know, and I feel the same way you do. I feel very convicted that Greg is probably heartbroken uh, based on what we know about, Greg and how and how much of a person of integrity is and if you like I was talking to a couple guys that play high stakes NFFC and they're they feel like a little quote betrayed I said imagine how Greg feels right if right. you feel betrayed and you already know you've been playing in the NFFC for 15 years and you know this is like a rogue dude that they trusted imagine how they feel with their whole life's work blood sweat and tears so the other thing they're gonna have to yeah but into. but that's not their problem right so i mean i, I i'm i'm not that sympathetic to that because i i feel bad for greg because i know greg um but as a player as a customer greg's feelings are not your problem right like oh yeah it is, it is definitely worse for greg but those guys like they are justifiably you know kind of like what's the deal here um, I just happen to know Greg personally, so I trust him and I think they're going to get to the bottom of it and they're going to do it fairly. And, um, and I just feel like he's a person of integrity, but, um, but not everybody knows him as well as I do. And 
Um, we worked with them for 20 years and everything. There was no bullshit. You know, there was no, you know, when you do, uh, you run a company for 20 years and there's guys, you know, and you're doing business with lots of different people. And we all talked, all of our partners at RotoWire talked about every deal that went bad or some guy didn't pay or some guy was giving us the, you know, the, the straight arm every time we try to get paid what we were owed and Schuler's trying to collect. And, you know, there was never any of that with Greg and his businesses. There was never any bullshit. There was never any attitude. Um, it was, it was win-win if we did a deal with them. So, you know, it's, it's just someone I know from a long time. And I just happened to have been on the inside of that. And, you know, remember Rotowire in 2003 uh, was a small nothing company that wasn't as connected as it is now. And now you'd be dumb to stiff Rotowire because word would get out fast that you, you know, but in 2003, we, you know, we were tiny and still the same kind of integrity. So again, I don't expect the the players or the customers to care about Greg or to care about what I'm saying necessarily. They, I you know, disagree they, with you here. I totally yeah. disagree with you. I Why? think you, no matter what you think, you still have a following that really, your followers have now narrowed down to a hardcore bunch that really trust in what you say. Those List. five to 10 of them are hardcore. They're Whatever not, you not. think, man. Whatever. I disagree yeah. with that number. I think that you have thousands of people that yeah. follow you, yeah. that trust you. And if you are someone that's standing on the pulpit, vouching for someone's reputation, I do think, believe that has influence. Uh, well, I, you know, I, that, that's nice of you to say. I don't know. And I'm not, you know, a perfect judge, so I could be wrong. But I personally would vouch not for that many people, but I would vouch for Greg. Like, would you I, vouch like, for me? Would you vouch yeah, for me? Yeah, I would vouch for you also. What if I was caught, like, exposing myself in public or something? Well, I, then you did the deed. You know, if Greg was the one, you know, cheating, <laughs> then I wouldn't vouch for him. But the point is, I would vouch for Greg. There's not a lot of people I would vouch for. You know, I wouldn't just, like... You know, and, and I almost feel slimy doing it because no. whenever there's a scandal, Claudine Gay plagiarizes and you see all these nutless Harvard professors being like, she's an amazing person. She's blah, 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 blah. You know, they'll immediately just vouch because it makes them look good. It makes them look loyal. It makes them look like whatever. They care about Harvard. They'll get promoted later. I don't give a shit. I don't, I'm not going to work anymore, you know, as like that kind of job. I don't need a job from anybody or recommendation. Um, it's more just personal. I just know the guy. So, um, but I'm not saying whatever, do your own research, you know, do your own due diligence. Don't just trust you me. You did not just say, do your own research. You do your own just, research. Do yeah, your own it's research. Become, it's become a meme of itself. Uh, the other thing I think that, you know, you see that airplane where like that dude noticed there were bolts missing and then like they stopped it and put the bolts in before it took off. You think do your own research is bad. How about inspect your own airplane? How about that's going on? Oh, I can't be bothered to do my own research. Well, now you got to be bothered to inspect your own airplane these days. So it's getting, yep. it's only, the ask is only getting bigger now. Yeah. And just to go back. So they have, they have to look at this because this dude that got the red solo cup screen name, the guy I've talked to some other longtime NFFC players. And this guy has been like a staple in the NFFC for years. They're going to have to really go back and look at the logs and see what's happened. And um, if you, I don't, you said you didn't watch the whole video put out by ship chasing. No, There's a, a long history that streams over a decade of, of Derek and this guy, uh, that red solo cup talking on Twitter just casually. So there's a, a friendship according to them that goes back with screenshots. They showed of a Twitter conversation, like kind of being for lack of a better word, asshole buddies, you know, like friends. Right. So uh, the thing that they have to look at is like, they have to look at the fab logs. Don't talk about their personal life. Alan. <laughs> <laughs> so they have to look at the fab logs. How do they, you know, how do they know that like, Puka right, Nakua. right. Yeah, like, bids. oh, what? here's the bids. You want to go one more buck on this guy or whatever. Right. Yeah, right. And right. I mean, you know, it's a real can of worms if, if there's like a lot of it, because 
And especially so, so this one's clean because you kick that guy out. Mm-hmm. This contest is all everybody has access to every player. Um, but as you said, like in Fab, you know, that's a, a guy that somebody would have gotten. And let's say it's like a game changer. Mike Trout gets called up. Oh, you know, I, I don't know if it goes that Puka yeah, or Kyron Williams, or... right? You know, or, or, or just some game changer, and you know, you would have won, but you get the extra couple of bucks added to your bid, and then you don't win. You know, that's you can't run back a whole season. You know, I I suggested in my piece the simplest way to do it, right? But it would not be totally just. But I mean, they're they're limited what they can do. Is say uh, that guy got paid out for second place in a year, right? So he got red solo cup, yeah. Right. Third place then should be sent 700. You know, he's awarded second place, gets 700. Um, you just remove him and then anyone else who should have cashed cashes. But again, you, you know, that's just, that's like the, that's the easy way to do it. Right. So maybe there's like 20 contests that, you know, they, they pay out extra the people that just missed, but should, you know, but, but like, yeah, what happens if you were the next highest bidder on Puka and you, you know, and, your team missed the playoffs by 20 points in NFL, say this year, you would have made the playoffs. And then during the playoffs, you know, your also ran team would have gone bananas and might, you might've been in the overall, you know, it, it, toward the end. Um, there's no way to, to walk that back because you can't say, well, what if they were in the playoffs? You know, that's the kind of thing that, um, you know, would you have used the right players? You know, what, how would you have set your lineup? I mean, it's impossible to go back and do that. So this is, this is a real can of worms. And I think that, you know, the, the, the way to do it is a, just pay out anyone who would have got paid, but for those teams, right? Like just, that's the no brainer, but that's sort of like the floor. And then, um, you know, to sort of augment that, you know, look at some, you know, key fab guys that could have, would have, should have, you know, the Nakua's or the trouts, or if there's 20 of those, you know, maybe award everybody. I mean, it's kind of a, where do you draw the line, but, you know, give them sort of a bonus or some free entries, or something to say, look, you know, we can't go back in time and, you know, and, and run it back, but we've noticed you probably forgot about this, but there, you know, you were one of the people that got screwed by this. Here's, here's a free entry and just kind of do it that way. So you give out, you know, 30 or 40 free entries, you pay out, you know, 20 grand in, in prize money that, you know, that guys get, and you just apologize and say, look, you know, we're, we're compensating people as best we can. Um, and you know, we, we fucked up, it's on our watch. Um, and it's not going to happen again. And, you know, we're sorry. I mean, that's the best you can do. If, and again, we both said we're going to be paying for our entries in the NFFC. You're going to be doing baseball. We're, we're still all in. We we're putting our faith in, in the person we know that's run this. So that said, if they see a, um, uh, I'm speculating now a decline in revenue for this coming season for next football season, do, is you you've had some law experience you went to law school do they have a case to for reputational uh lawsuit against the offender if they could prove anything well, i don't know that you know Darius got the the assets to uh, well i'm just saying do they that. have a case uh, yeah i mean i think if i yeah i mean i i think you would have a case but i mean you know you need deep pockets to say they lose a million net you know in revenue and growth you know you have to project growth every year obviously the economy is a factor like economy might be going to shit and that will hurt them. So there's a whole bunch of variables, but if you, you know, if you could show that, you know, this, the actions you know, the, of this it person. was, it was out of step with the rest of the industry, their growth or non-growth of the FFPC or the other competitors and everybody else grew and, you know, relative to it and you didn't, 
um, you might be able to show that this reputational harm, uh, and if you got a bunch of feedback of customers, you you know, didn't re-up because they didn't like what happened. Sure, I think you could. But okay. again, I, I don't think like the rogue employee is going to be able to, you know, is, well, you know, that's I mean, for another day, you yeah, know? Yeah. So here's the other thing that I've, I've, um, seen, I saw someone, you know, commenters are just disgusting people in general, you know, that from people who comment on your Twitter, but yeah. one of the points that I keep seeing, and I'm sure if you're watching this video, you see that, Oh, the FFPC DraftKings, they must be loving this because they're going to get market share. This is bad for all of the game providers that do you fall on that line that now there's like a, distrust if you're a person that's not going to trust that this is legitimate but again we we still have our faith in greg we've said that a couple times but don't you this is not like oh we're going to get their market share if you're a competitor this is um chips away at the trust of the whole thing i mean yes and no i i could see it both ways there was a there was a contest like 12 years ago and i think dalton was in like sixth overall and it was expensive it was like 1500 bucks and he was like in line for a big payday and the dude just absconded. I think the dude's name was Dustin something. But he just absconded. He just, he basically like collected the fees and then we're spending on marketing for like football, but never, you know. What, what was this? This was a different software? Just a di no, it was a different company. Uh, it was a competitor to NFFC like back in the day. Do you remember the name of it? Just out of curiosity? I, I can't, it might come to me, but it, it was, you know, one of those, it's just whatever Fly it was. by night. It was like, you know. No, I mean, it was, it was big in the industry. Like people right. were excited to be part of it. I drafted a team. I just remember Dalton was like in love. Was it the day. one where you drafted three quarterbacks? I don't remember. I don't yeah. remember. It doesn't. Uh, it's not important. But the okay. point is that that it's, it's funny. A that Dalton got rugged. I mean, it's not funny. <laughs> it's, it's funny. But he was actually had a good team in that. Right. Um, but the dude just Dustin something. I don't know if he had cancer afterwards or something. Uh -huh. But he just he just like or he might have made that up. You know, just to right. get sympathy. But he just bailed. Okay. And you know, and so Greg's in contrast was this sort of pristine operation where you got paid two days after the season ended. I mean, it was just like the money was, you know, safely, you know, non tampered with, you know, they ran a really tight ship. And so the implosion of that other one um, was kind of, um, you know, it, it was kind of by contrast, good for the NFFC because it was like, okay, here's a real business. It's a legitimate business. And so there is some of that, um, you know, I, I feel like, you, you know, there, there is the, potential for manipulation obviously in you know there was, there was a draft there was a draft kings and FanDuel scandal where there was that guy who saw the uh he was given away you know this is like 10 years ago it wasn't that was, long ago it was yeah no he was given away the uh, percentage owned numbers you know oh, to people i thought this that was that wasn't the thing with like the guy that was like on the bachelor or something you remember that one too maybe that was but it, it, yeah. he, he was getting the percentage owned numbers and that right. was obviously hugely important because you, you could get like really good pot odds on certain players um, and right. you know, that was a scandal. It was so funny. The New York times reported it and it was like so bad. They botched everything. They were such idiots. I can't believe that paper. You're surprised like, at that. Well, no, now I'm not. But back then <laughs> I was like, it was called the, it's called the, uh, the Gelman effect or something like that, where it was Michael Crichton made this up where you, you know, you, you read about something you happen to know about like the DFS oh, yeah. scandal. And you're like, this is a, this is ridiculous how off base they are. And all of these points, they don't know what they're talking about or DFS. You're like, Jesus, the New York Times sucks. And then you start reading about like the Middle East and you're like, oh, absolutely. This is totally, this must be totally true. You take the thing you don't know about as true in the newspaper, but the one thing you happen to know about, you know, is totally botched. And then you just, it's Gailman amnesia, I think it's right. called, the, where you, you just like forget that like the thing, you, that, that, that the one test you could actually give them, they failed. And then you pretend like everything else is fine. Right. You use the example where um, 
Heather, your partner, says about the wine uh, uh, sideways and all the, yeah. the botches they make on the wine. And also, I mean, anyone that watches football, the, the movie Draft Day, there's right. so many things that would never happen there. So, so I mean, Silver again, Linings Playbook, there was like, you know, Robert, there's a bookie and the way they're talking. I'm like, this is so stupid. Like, what? The, couldn't you just pay me like 50 grand to like consult for a minute on the script and just clean this up? This is terrible. It's not how they would talk. Right. And, and you're just like, it's so embarrassing, right? But like, you know, if you know about something, you know, and then you wonder about everything else that they're doing, how confident could they possibly be? But just back to the thing at hand. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I look, here's the thing, right? Here's just the thing about human nature is if there's an incentive to cheat um, and people think they can get away with it, they will cheat, right? People say, oh, is the 2020 election stolen? Well, it's not. You, you think they wouldn't if they could? Of course they would. The question is, did they have the opportunity? That's the only question. People may differ on whether the opportunity was there, but that is the only relevant question. Would they? If they thought they could get away with it? Oh, no. They would never do something like that. They'll insider trade stocks and make, you know, steal millions from the capital markets, but they would draw the line at that no matter how much, you know, it's important for them to win. So, to me, that's always the line. And so the key is, do you have systems in place um, that make it basically impossible not to get caught? And the employees know that. Um, and do you have uh, enough of an incentive? And, and obviously the Gregs and the people running it have a way bigger incentive to have a successful business than to skim you know, a couple grand for themselves. That, that's a loser, right? That's a bad bet. But an individual employee, if he thought he can get away with it, is, is often going to try to get away with it. Obviously, you got to hire ethical people who wouldn't want to do that. But over time, an unethical person will slip in. And then it's a question is, are the systems robust enough? And they do have timestamps, which is why um, it got found out. And of course, anyone else there would be like, okay, like there's going to be even more robust checks and, and make it harder to do. But in general, you know, if there is incentive to cheat an opportunity uh, and people think they can get away with it, I assume there will be cheating. And, and the, the goal of these games is to convey the confidence, not so much, you know, I, I know Greg's a good guy, but that, you know, that the systems are in place that it's, it's really hard for them to pull it off. Yeah. And I, I'm very impressed by the way, with, uh, Pete Gretsch and, uh, Pat, uh, of the way they laid out the case too, as so again, I'll, I'll refer to your law background. You said you didn't watch the whole thing, but they really did a great job of explaining it to even the layman, um, in a 45 minute podcast with screenshots and the whole thing. Good. That's good. I mean, that's, that's a real skill these days to be able to yes. do a video that actually is persuasive and, and right. shows step-by-step. Step. And the reason they said the mo their motivation list was because they felt, um, a burden of responsibility to their viewers who they've pushed this contest. To. Right. And that, that's again, how I feel too, because I, you know, how many people I've put on the NFFC, like when I was doing the XM show and just like, all Jeff and I would talk about was NFFC and FBC. That's just, we just stopped talking about other contests. It's like, oh, Tout Wars, that free league that like now they use OBP. I, I mocked Tout Wars, but it was a good league. But they're like, oh, let's use on base percentage, which nobody uses. And then it's a free league and it's AL only. And like, you know, you have some hardcore old timers that like care. But the NFFC was the one that was like, okay, here's where the poker players and investors and Wall Street guys and everybody you know, bringing themselves to this event and the ADP from that and the takeaways from the drafts and the strategies. This is where the action was. And this is where, you know, the public would be like, oh, I can really take something and bring this to my home league. It's it's the same rules, you know, similar rules. And 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 you see people really um, for high stakes making moves and, and, and figuring it out and game theory and 
and all the interesting discussions that that flowed from that. And so, you know, I am responsible for a lot of promotions, probably why, even though I have a relatively smaller audience now, they still give me uh, comp things because they're like, oh, he helped grow this. Right. Um, and so, A, I'm biased toward them and I like them. But B, I also have kind of responsibility to, to say something and be like, there was cheating going on. And, you know, I'm, I, we can't really sugarcoat, you know, how, what happened. Right. Uh the only other experience I've had with something like this was in a home league. I actually screenshotted and caught someone who I always knew was a little shady. And when I say home league, it still was like a two, $300 entry, which is not right. nothing. Right. And in a playoff game, I caught him uh, swapping someone about 10 years ago, uh, eight years ago or so. And I called him out in front of the, he's, oh, and he's made all the excuses. Oh, I just thought that da, 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 da. it was after the guy scored a touchdown. Right. And yeah, after that, I just like, I was looking for reasons to leave that league. And obviously that one, I think that league dissolved after that. That guy was real, always a real, um, let's say he had character issues, but that was beyond, you know, and thank God I screenshotted, right? Right. Um, no, he was just lying, gaslight yeah. you. I mean, you know, this, um, yeah, I, there's, you know, people feel entitled for whatever reason to do things. Um, but uh, yeah, it's messed yeah. up and I feel bad for Greg. And uh, I, again, I don't think the customers need to worry about him. That's his problem. And I'm sure he's taking it on because he's a grown man. Um, I don't think they should worry about themselves and worry about their their level of trust. But I feel bad for him because yep. um, I've, you know, I'm, I've run business like this, similar, I mean, it's a little different. And, and I've also... Um, you know, promoted it. And, uh, and I know that it's, it's probably extremely painful to him. Okay. All right. Any other thoughts before we move on to some, uh, uh, some conference championship talk? No, that's it. That's pretty much it. Okay. All right, everybody. Uh, there's more. And like I said, if you're watching this live on the replay, I'll throw all the links for the, the videos and articles. Liz's article that we referenced as well. You can see his real man sports. All right. The, so Which wait, just, I, I launched a new Twitter account. Oh, well, that was my next thing. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So the other, before we get into that, I was going to say it's on my list here. I'm moving right, it up to right. that. Uh, months and months of campaigning to get you back on Twitter regularly have worked. I have finally persuaded Chris Liss. He is back on Twitter, and I think this is the perfect solution. You were a little dubious about posting stuff about like, you know, political no, sports. And, and I was dubious about what happened is with I was, mixed I, mixed with sports, I was, was I, the, the takes I was holding back were sports takes. Right. But they I was going to say the mix is what you were. Right. But the about. thing was, because I feel like the the it's not really politics. I hate politics. I It was like Just, world events takes, you know, things that are going on, like the fact that none of the people you guys were like, put the unvaccinated in the camp. But nobody was like, hey, how about the people that actually created this virus? Um, what about them? They're going to get in trouble. Nobody seems to care. Oh, how about the people that mandated the shots? Nobody seems to care. So that is really my priority. Um, so that's all the stuff I was posting about. And then every time I'd be like, oh, I like so-and-so against the spread this week. I'd be like, it just sounds ridiculous to be saying oh, that in the middle I was of say even like yeah. you'd be forget about, about the spread. Cause that kind of, you know, but you'd be like, uh, I really don't like Tyler Algiers matchup this week or something. You know, like it yeah, doesn't work. It does not it, work. It, it doesn't work, you know? And, and so I was like, all right, so I'd have a sports take and I would censor my sports take, right? Which is sad because I was like, the other one's more important to me. And I don't give a fuck about these, these like nutless monkeys who were like, oh my God, he's posting this stuff. Can he stop? Like yeah. literally some people were like, oh, great. You open a sports thing. I told you to stop, just stick to sports. All those people. It's like, dude, I don't care at all what you think. Reality, I just did a podcast on chrislist.com. 
Reality is coming for you like gravity, which always wins. Reality always wins. Men cannot have children, okay? Men should not be competing in women's sports just because they identify as something else, okay? Reality always wins. And if you deny reality, you're going to get fucked, okay? You are going to have a hard landing. You are going to be, you know, financially, emotionally, socially, personally broke if you if you don't get with reality. Reality always wins, okay? Always. And so... Um, you know, I, I, I really feel like I don't care at all about these cowards who just went along with their incentives to believe absolute nonsense and think stupid things and just stick together like, oh, we're all in the sports industry. We're all good team. Good. We believe what good people believe. You know, I don't care at all. So I was posting that stuff um, because it was important to me. And again, I was censoring my sports takes and I was like, wow, I'm censoring my sports takes. I do still like sports. I do want to have an outlet for it. So at Real Man, that's a long-winded way of saying at Real Man Sports. All right, let me stop there. Let me stop there. So right now, if you're watching this on Twitter, Real Man Sports, just type it in your search and give it a follow. We don't, we, nor I know Chrysalis won't do it. He won't solicit follows, but I'm telling you, go there and follow because if you'd follow Chris in the past, you know, he's got a very interesting and unique take on sports, a little comedy added in, some good stuff, and always up for good banter. He's very interactive. So go follow that Twitter account as it's building right now. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll retweet. So, it's on my Twitter as well, at Alan Soslowski. I retweeted that you posted there. So it's got 270 followers. Thousandth follower gets free year on Real Man Sports, the, the paid side, because I do uh, have some paid posts, especially during football season. Millionth follower will get uh, up to 10 grand in sports in, in memorabilia, up to 10 grand, you know, like you want like some sort of Babe Ruth card or something that's nine grand, no problem, millionth follower. And the billionth follower gets lunch with Jeff Erickson, okay? And I promise <laughs> if I get to a billion followers, I'll arrange it, you know, so. Hey, uh, but th- um, let me tell you about why the thousandth follower thing is a bad incentive because you're why? incentivizing people to wait until other people follow you. So Nobody's taking this seriously anyway, don't worry. They're not taking this promotion seriously. But I, I'm serious. Whoever it is, thousand. Oh no, because like people will follow to get. You, what you do is fo- this is what you do. You follow to get the number up, and then at like nine ninety four, you unfollow, unfollow, and then you refollow. All right, you see? I like it because if you wait too long, then you're just gonna forget about it, and it's not that much. It's just a free year of, you know. Well, this is course. this is what you how you do like a Twitter campaign to get people to follow you. What you do is you say um, follow, retweet, and the next. 200 got the people that do it you'll put them in a lottery and you'll give them a 50 dollars amazon card or something like that that's it's how you get a, it. it's such a meager payoff though i can't do it i can't do it i got you got to get something good like lunch with jeff erickson you know for yeah. the billion followers so yeah. that's that's the ultimate prize billion followers if this account gets a billion followers um it'll be a very dangerous account i promise you that all right well we're a half an hour in and the title of the podcast is the final four so I'll have to put some timestamps in as I usually do in order to get this going. So let's talk about some final four. First, let's talk about the teams that were eliminated lists and what the fantasy outlook is for them moving along. Um, Green Bay Packers, good effort. They lose, right? But um, San Francisco moves on. Uh, I just want to talk about Jordan Love. Uh, I'm in a dynasty startup draft right now. He went QB nine or 10. I have him as QB seven, like ahead of Trevor Lawrence for fantasy football. Are you there? The word is that they're going to give him the big 50 million per payout. Like, have you seen enough from Jordan Love one that he should be, get the rock solid four or five year contract? And for fantasy football, do you like him as a top 10 quarterback for next year? 
Uh, yeah, top 10-ish. I mean, I don't have a strong feeling about Love. You know, he, he obviously had good numbers. He played especially well down the stretch. He, he has good. he has good receivers. You know, he's got young, good receivers that should get better. Christian Watson could stay healthy. That would be nice. Um, so, yeah, he's got a young tight end. Musgrove made some play. I mean, it's like a good, it's a good setup for him. So everything's positive. I mean, quarterbacks are very situationally dependent. Offensive line. Um, you see a lot of fluctuation, but for a guy in his first year as a starter, yeah, I think that uh, top ten the, is good. And you give him the fifty million, like because that's uh, what everyone's getting now. They're getting fifty uh, yeah, million. I mean, I mean, if Daniel Jones got forty, you know, you can give him fifty. But that's right. But that's a bad contract. We all agreed that. Yeah, but I'm just saying. Well, I mean, yeah. it's easy to say that now. You know that that even you know, then, even I then, mean, I, he had a good year in 2022 with nothing around him. You know, it just. I, quarterbacks, you know, look at Baker Mayfield, look at Jared Goff. I just think like year to year, these guys change so much. I mean, there's only a couple that really it's every year. That they have the opportunity to get one more look, free look at Daniel Jones with a franchise tag and just yeah. give Barkley whatever. Right. And they, they went the opposite way. Yeah. I, now, I, totally I think, I, I think you're, you're obviously right now, but I'm just saying that like, <laughs> they're like, if Jones has a good year this year, it's like, Oh, you know, like they got their quarterback, you know, he was just bad. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I well, mean, I, I, I just think like what well, my point is that all of these guys, once you once the quarterback shows, oh, he's good, like he's a good quarterback, has a good year. Um, it's kind of like everyone thinks, oh, he's a good quarterback now. And then he has a bad year and like, oh, he's a bad quarterback now. And there's really like maybe 10 percent of the quarterbacks, maybe 20 percent of the quarterbacks that sort of transcend that year, year, good year, bad year. You know, when you're like talking about Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and. I mean, look at Deshaun Watson, right? I mean, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, those were elite quarterbacks. Now they're nobodies. You know, it's just, I think, I think that, you know, the Jordan Love, probably good, but it's been one year and it's, it's very hard to know. Eyeball test. By the way, in that dynasty startup, I'm in the third round, this dynasty. I had to decide between Deshaun Watson because you just brought him up and Jared Goff is my QB two at Superflex. I'm just curious who would you take on the clock? Goff. Goff. Yeah, I went Watson, <laughs> but I, I totally, well, I, I, mean, I struggled with it. I, I, mean, with I it. think Goff is like floor. I think Goff is like the poor man's Kirk Cousins. You know, he can kind of just, yeah. he, he, you know, the, the line is good there. His receivers are good. He's got great weapons, actually, Goff. And if Jameson Williams ever develops, um, then he's got, the you know, some of the best weapons in the league. So, um, I yeah, I think Goff is in a, in a good floor situation. Deshaun Watson, um, it's sort of like, who knows? You know, I mean, he was coming on before he got hurt in November. Yeah. yeah I mean, on. yeah, I'm, sh I'm sure he was. Yeah. Um, oh, a little pun there. A little yeah, pun. Yeah, sure he was. <laughs> as, as, he, as he's wont to do on the massage table. He was coming on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, other team that was eliminated, Houston Texans. Uh, CJ Stroud is going to be a top two or three quarterback, depending on if you value pocket passer versus like Jalen hurts or whatever. So uh, it's interesting. If it, it just off top of head, Stroud, top two or three, I'm sure, for you as well. It's just that after Josh Allen goes in the second, third round next year, I don't think QB2 will be taken for a couple more rounds. Like, where do you value Stroud in? Single yeah, I, I wouldn't take him. I mean, I, I'm going to wait on QBs like I did. I got Prescott in like the 10th round. I reached for him like the 10th round this year, and it was like, okay, I got like the QB3, you know, and I had Purdy as my backup, you know, and it was like, this is easy. Um in my other leagues, I had problems. I had Richardson and Cousins, but it was because they got hurt. Those guys were both fine when they were healthy. So, you know, I, I feel like I, I just I'm not going to reach on a QB. I could see Josh Allen in the second round because he's just such a reliable touchdown scorer. Um, but I mean, I just don't I wouldn't take any of these guys in the top 
five rounds probably after Josh Allen's gone. All right. Well, Nico Collins, I have him as a top 10 dynasty wide receiver for redraft. He's, I think he's going to go in the second or third round. Uh, I'm looking at the draft I'm in right now list. I had on that three, on that three, four turn. It, the reason I'm picking twice is because it was third round reversal. I had, I was time to take a receiver and I was looking at Nico Collins, Jalen Waddle, uh, Rishi Rice, Devontae Smith, um, DJ Moore. I went with Nico Collins there. Yeah, I can see it. I mean, all those guys are about equal. I mean, I, I think there's different, you know, Nico Collins might have like that 150 target, like alpha receiver upside, whereas, you know, Waddle and Smith are sharing targets. Um, and then, uh, and more, uh, DJ Moore. Yeah, DJ Moore. And uh, what's his name? Uh, Rice, right. Rasheed Rice has upside, but the Chiefs are so spread it around and weird. You, you, you like, is he really going to be like the, you know, he's not Tyreek Hill, obviously. He's not that kind of player. Is he really going to get those 150 targets or he's going to get 120 targets, you know, and the Chiefs just throw it to everybody? So, yeah, I could see it. Um, DJ Moore, you know, just Chicago is just a rough place to play receiver. It's just hard to have dominant numbers there. Um, so I, I could see it. Yeah, I'd probably take Collins too. Other two teams eliminated uh, were Tampa Bay and Buffalo. Uh, just quickly on Tampa Bay, there's no reason to think Baker won't be back on a, you know, a, a reasonable but still deal. He was only making eight million bucks this year. I bet you he's a 30, 35 for two year guy coming up. I mean, what else are they going to do? But really, the question is Mike Evans going into that age 30, 31 season. Uh, I mean, he belongs probably in the second or third round. But do you think that next year age will uh, push you look, off? Him he'll, go, he'll go in the third, I think. I, I yeah. you know, I mean, look, 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 yeah, look what he did in, in the playoffs. I mean, he just was like had a monster game and uh you know I, I, there's like you know you look for signs of slowing down right you look for like oh well he yeah he got his 1100 yards but it was on lower per play numbers and that was not the case with evans all the way through the playoffs he was better per play numbers than ever so if there's no sign of decline uh you usually take the gamble if there's a slight decline in the guys that size and that age you, you pass right. so i think he's like a third rounder so remember, going back to last season, Mike Evans wanted the big extension. They wouldn't give it to him. Now he's he's a free agent. I mean, he can he's free to go anywhere he wants. Obviously, they could franchise tag him. Doesn't seem like that would be a good move for a veteran like that. Do you think Tampa gives him what he wants, or does he explore the free agent market? I mean, I, mean, I like don't I don't see he City. gets like a long term deal because he's old. I mean, not long term, but big two years big money. I mean, he should get a lot, you know, for the one year, I mean, or two years, you know, he should get a lot of money. I don't know what receivers get paid. 20 mil. What do you get? 20 is what... the, is basically more or less the top of the market at this point. 21, 22. That's what like the Hopkins, like the big contract. Right, like he get like two for 35 or something, maybe somewhere, you know? Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, Rashad white. Will you take him as a top seven, top 10 running back next year? Maybe. I don't know. I have to look at it. Okay. He's just, I, those, those usage guys are sometimes a bit like, you know, it's like, they're, they're like those those players that like score 100 runs and go 20 20 and 100 rbis but they have like they play 162 games and you're like compilers a bit you know all right Let, lightning round on buffalo stefan Diggs. i've seen him go in some of the early nffc best ball underdog best ball stuff like adp that's being sorted out i've seen him go in the first two rounds i'm completely out on stefan Diggs. He may have just gone off the cliff you know this could be like this is what i'm talking about right like he's in that 30 31 year but there's a big decline in his performance and in the second half and you're like, okay, like maybe it's just a blip, but this is, this is, you know, it's not like Mike Evans who finished strong. So um, yeah, I mean, there's a point you take him, but 
it, it may be late second or something like that. You know, Josh Allen has finished as the QB one or two in like, I think it's five consecutive years now, something like that. Well, the rushing touchdowns are really good as a floor and uh, it's hard, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to beat the guy that th- there is no goal line back ever there in Buffalo. So you're the goal line running back and you're getting, you know, high volume passing. It's, it's tough to beat that. I would like to see, well, and also there's been some rumors there because, you know, the, the blame is being pointed everywhere for the Buffalo Bills loss. Could this be the Bill Belichick spot? I, I, I don't know. You know, I they, like to me, it's all just speculation. Why? How? What possible reason would I have to know? Like what, know, what reason? Do you think it's a good reason, fit? I, mean, I don't know. I just don't know. Like, it's just sort of, it's everything speculation, right? It's going to be Atlanta, Buffalo. It's going to be in, you know. Well, I Chargers. like that he's in the AFC East. He gets to still beat up on my Jets. He gets, you know, it's uh, he's got the ready-made quarterback where he can get the ten to twelve wins, thirteen wins a season, and, and pass right. the record that he's been chasing in about two and a half seasons. Right. He, he gets like, you know, he's assigned to just beat Mahomes in the playoffs. Basically, you know, that's his like assignment. You know, how do we shut down Mahomes on defense in the playoffs? You know, yeah, I, I'm sure it's fine. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Bill Belichick is still useful anymore. I, I don't know. You know, I don't know any, any, you know, it's sort of like this stuff is so, um, I, so speculative. Can Bill Belichick still coach? Is he still a good coach? Yeah. And then obviously if Bill Belichick does take a job, I think you have to be ready no matter what team you are. Josh McDaniels will probably be the offensive coordinator. I mean, that's how I was thinking about it. Right. Right. And that doesn't seem that good. I mean, no. we had Brady, you know, 18 years into the league. It didn't really matter who the coordinator is. Right. It's like right. Brady's running the team. But you have, I mean, and Josh Allen maybe you know able to do it himself too now at this point. But that guy's just such an imbecile, uh, Josh McDaniels. Like it's so obvious. I don't know why. I don't know what the, you know, why Belichick keeps these guys around. It's like Howard Stern kept these guys around. You know, these like total losers that he just liked. Um, and I feel like that's like Belichick is doing that with like <laughs> Josh McDaniel. There you go. Another. I love a Howard Stern reference. You know that. And I, you know, I despise Howard Stern now. Yeah. You know, but. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about that um, a couple times. All right. So let's get into it here. Matchups. We'll start with the NFC 49ers, Detroit Lions. Line is seven last I looked. Um, start with the end. Are you taking the the number? Are you taking the seven points? Or do you like San Francisco to win by more than a touchdown? I made the line eight and a half. I, I see the case for the Lions running the ball and, you know, sort of beating up on them and controlling the game a bit and, and maybe surprising. Um, and the Niners obviously looked very weak against Green Bay, could easily have lost that game. And the Niners didn't finish especially strong. They got, you know, blown out by the Ravens. And you're sort of like, did they peak in week 10? You know, now it's a, another season and they're not that good anymore. But typically, I think outdoor golf in, you know, it's not going to be cold, but it's just going to be sort of a slower track, good defense coming after him. Um, I kind of think the Niners, I probably lay the wood, but I'm, I, I don't think I'm going to bet this game. I don't feel that strong about it. Teasers are sucker bet. So if you're a sharp and you're listening to this, just ignore this advice or, you know, don't think I'm an idiot, even though I am. I am doing the seven point teaser here, right, where I bring it down to zero. And I'm pushing the uh, the Chiefs number up to ten and a half, and I am laying like 140 juice on that. But you know, it's it's a small, just novelty bet. It's not like any real money. It's like a what did I do? Like a fifty dollar, eighty dollar bet, something like that. Yeah, I could see it, but um, 
fine. I, I wouldn't do it. I, I don't feel str- like, you know, I realize, I realize this and I, it's going to undermine me for the uh, super contest next year. But the reality of betting is either you're one of those uh, number crunching probabilistic modelers and you day trade stocks and you bet it, you bet, you know, you see edges in all the games every week and you, you know, in certain games and you bet them and you are constantly betting every different sport and whatever, or you're a person, uh, who, those people are going to win money. They have little tiny edges and they pick them up here and there. They shop for the best lines. It's all just, just little teeny edges. It's like super boring. It's a super dull way to live your life, but, it, but you can grind out profits if you're good. But then there's the other way, which is you just wait and wait and wait until you see something and you have conviction and then you put a lot behind it. Um, it's kind of how I feel about Bitcoin. Um, you just wait for the opportunity. You don't, you, you don't every week find a game because you're just going to miss. And all those guys who predicted like the big short, all those guys who called the crash, you know, they had conviction and they, they made a ton of money. And then people are asking them for their advice now, like, oh, what, you know, and they're always getting it wrong. They're totally wrong, those guys. Because it's like, you think you can predict now just because you got this big thing right, but it's not on command, right? It's only when it comes to you, when you find conviction in it. And so I, I just feel like m- most of these weeks, of course, I want to have a bet. I want action. It's fun. But, and I may bet 50 bucks just anyway sometimes, but I just like, I realize like I, I throw out these bets each week, but it's like, yeah, I don't really feel it. I'm not feeling either of these games. Like I, right. I, I really could see both these games going either way um, with the lines that they have. Yeah, that's fair. And by the way, you did make a, an excellent post on that. We were just talking about conviction. That's over. Is it over Real Man Sports or is it over? I think, it's on, I think it's on the chrysalis.com because it was <laughs> it was a, it was a cryptic Bitcoin post, basically. But basically, you know, the idea that um, the, just the idea that like uh, the, the sharps, the, the, the probabilistic guys, like they're going to beat you like on the day trading stuff. But I feel like their worldview is is a bad trade. Like it's you want to just be right on the really big stuff in life, like make the really, really big bets in life, not just financially, be correct on those. Um, and don't worry about making a lot of little losses on on bullshit unimportant stuff. Um, just like really be in touch with yourself when you have conviction and act. And uh, and that was the sort of the point. And um, and so like these bets, like I gotta feel like that Seahawks Denver Super Bowl was the last time. You know, I felt like this, like absolutely overwhelming conviction that like the Seahawks were going to cover and cover easily and maybe blow them out. And of course, they won 38 to nine against the favored Peyton Manning Broncos that year that Denver set all those records. So just you got to be patient if you're going to do it this way. And if you're going to try to bet everything, um, you know, you, you better be sharp like Rufus Peabody or somebody who really um, is, you know, getting a small edge, finding the edges and like really grinding those because, um it's very hard to win betting everything unless unless you're really doing that diligently. And by the way, talking about taking away your edge in betting, I, I actually, if you already know this, just like wave me off, but I learned something new about this. So hard rock bet is legal in Florida where I live now. So you can make legal, um, you know, wagers on, on an app only. It's run by the Seminole tribe, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so, you know, I did a small deposit on there. And then didn't think anything about it. I'm, I'm up a little bit, but I look on my credit card statement just as I do every month. And I saw, you know, the hard rock bet for the small amount that I put in. And then I saw um, separate date, a transaction fee. And then I saw cash advance fee. So, whoa, what's this? Someone's got my credit card. I'm thinking, you know, the worst. Do you know what I'm about to say here? No, I don't. Okay. So I Google it. And if you deposit into a legal casino that 
it is uh, your credit card with a credit card versus like PayPal. Oh, it's like you took out an ATM with your credit card and it's, it's like all it's these It's like fees. a cash. They treat it as a cash advance. Yeah. Which is 29% for cash advance plus a transaction fee. <laughs> Such, dude, we, you know, we live in Portugal and like, so we, we paid off this loan for, for this house and like, it's like, oh, and there's $400 more. Why? Oh, there's a, there's a stamp tax above this tax. And oh, and then there's like a cancellation fee and then there's a prepayment fee. I'm like these fucks. Like it, it's like they're just little weasels stealing from you. Like all these things. It's like just get the fuck out of my face. You know, I don't want to bet at your stupid sports book. Like all that. You know. Well, it's a credit. In all fairness, it's the credit card. But company. it's all. It's all of it. It's all of it. Right. It's just like, dude. Like you know, this is why like Bitcoin can't come soon enough. Where it's like permissionless transactions. All these permission gatekeepers. Oh, we gotta love this little fee. We gotta give that little fee. It's like. It's just such a, it's such theft. And you know, you're getting taxed. They're printing more money. Your money's being inflated. Your 50 grand you made last year. Oh, that's worth 45 grand this year. So they're taking off the top and they're taxing you. And there's a million fees. And if you want to move money overseas, you know, it's just, it's just such. So I pulled the chrysalis here. I pulled the chrysalis. I argued with the company claiming, you know, uh, guilty negligence. Yeah. Right. And as a good customer to this credit card company they did wipe the transaction waived fee. It. that's good not the um not the uh cash Cat- advance fee which again was you know listen it's just I, I, it's just like you know you're supposed to read the fine print of every single thing it's like do you exactly. have time for this it's like i don't i, I try i was gonna bet in colorado and then i was trying to get DraftKings. So i was in legal states this summer to do and like the compliance they wanted me to send my driver's license and they took a couple of days at DraftKings, and i just like you know what fuck you i'm trying to give you my money it's just like the legal compliance. It was just impossible. Customer service was slow. It was like, dude, I, I look, I'm trying to give you some money and you're just making it impossible. And then I did this overseas book and they, you know, they, they were sketchy and they're trying to get me to play online blackjack. Like, dude, <laughs> What kind of me. fucking degenerate plays online blackjack? Like <laughs> it's just like dude, the whole thing. It's like, can you just have an honest sports book where it's like, yeah, we take your money. We offer a rake um, and it's all up front. And, you know, and, and if, if you pay by credit card, which gives us a 1% fee, then we add that 1% fee as a charge, you know, because we're paying the fee or whatever. Fine. There's just, it's just like, it's all like this sort of little, uh, surreptitious theft is, is what's going on. And, and they, it's, it, it's like rotted throughout the whole system. Yeah. You said something maybe seven years ago, you're not even going to remember this, but this is so you, you said that you're just going through life. You said it on Sirius XM radio, you're just going through life. And you're walking through the digital world and people are just constantly trying to pickpocket you. Yeah. you say, I'll yeah. never forget you saying that. Oh. And every time I get feed, I'm like, hey, who, whose hand was that in my back pocket right. right there with my 80 cents fee that most people won't complain about? Right. So I'll complain. You know, well, I'm like, you know, people. yeah, most they just deal with it. But it's like but I just get deterred. You know, I'm like people are like, oh, yeah, you know, you're going to put a bet. And I'm like, where? Like, I got to, like, figure out, like, some sketch overseas sports book with, like, you know, it's all sketch. It's all it's like even the legit stuff is sketch. You feel sketch giving your driver's license to DraftKings. Like, who the fuck is DraftKings? You know, I mean, how many times has Equifax and Target everyone been hacked? Like, you're giving your info to all these companies like they don't give a shit about any of this stuff. Like, yeah. It's all sketch and and they just can't make it so that it's just like, again, make your rake, make your profit, you know, find, just do a business, but all the regulatory stuff makes it impossible for them too. And so, you know, this is why like we need a system, a, a parallel system, which is being built in real time. And it's going to be here more quickly than people realize um, because it's like the, the one that we have is just, they know it's failing. And it's just right now, it's just sort of a race to grab everything they possibly can before um, things go to shit. 
Lastly, we're going to cover the Baltimore-Kansas City game. Now, you kind of alluded to a little bit that you don't have a real hard lean. So for anyone looking to make a legal sports bet on this, or even an illegal one, isn't it um, just take Old the school point? bookies the way, you know. The right, guy that, I, you know, that's what I was Those are the guys you can trust. Um, <laughs> right, yeah, the, the leg breakers, right? The leg breakers? Those are the guys you can trust, you know. Yep. But but uh, So I'll say about this. I'll say the, the reason this one is tough is the Ravens the best team in the league? The Ravens uh, lost four games this year. One was a tank in week 18. They weren't trying. So they lost three games. One was week five to Pittsburgh. They lost by a touchdown. The other two losses were overtime to the Colts by three and two points to the Browns. Besides that, they destroyed the Browns. They destroyed the Texans twice. They destroyed the Lions. They destroyed the 49ers. That was and they the big one. The and, yeah, and they did, and, but they destroyed like pretty much every like playoff team. They beat the Rams in overtime in a close game but they destroyed most of the playoff teams they played, like absolutely destroyed them. This is like a quiet closet all-time team. This is one of the best. If they beat the Chiefs and Niners, you know, uh, decisively, this will be like a top 10 all-time team in NFL history. And it's a weird team because they've got like these elite inside linebackers. And this is like, you know, all the, all the sports nerds, all the analytics nerds are like, oh, you don't need linebackers. It's edge rushers and it's, you know, only the passing game matters. But these guys are, you know, Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, these are good players. And, and it's, it's just a weird way to build a team, but they, they have done it. And, you know, so, so this is, this is why the Ravens may just win by two touchdowns. The chiefs have been, you know, erratic, but the chiefs defense is actually pretty good. I know they have some injuries now, but their defense is good. And you have Patrick Mahomes who, you know, is arguably the greatest player of all time. And you have Andy Reid who knows how to coach. So, you know, you, you don't want to say the chiefs can't do it, you know, and, and they're used to these situations and they're, they're game for a huge game. And so that's why it's a very, this is obviously the more interesting of the two games. And I think that I would not be surprised if the Ravens win by 20 and they're just like, oh yeah, this was the best team. Obviously they killed them or they get a close game going. And now you're, you're dealing with pressure down the stretch. Lamar, you know, makes a drive, but leaves too much time on the clock. And now, you know, you're, you're dealing with Patrick Mahomes. So um, I think this one could go either way. I think the line is just about right. The, the Ravens are the better team, but you know, this is, this is a game. There is no worse feeling in sports betting than you're on the other side of Mahomes, the non-Mahomes side, and he has the ball with like, you know, two minutes and 12 seconds left. It's just, you already know you're going to lose. I mean, it's just, he's, you know, he's <laughs> the, maybe the greatest player of all time. You know, Brady was like that. There's a couple yeah. guys that you're like, shit, this is bad. Like, you know, you're so pissed when you're like, don't score, don't score. You're even willing to like risk them losing the game to slow yeah. it down, you know? And you know, it's it's a it's a tough thing, but uh, yeah. but that's why that's why this is a good game. That you know, this is so. If you were just advising, like someone says, "Hey, I have a hundred bucks. I want to put it on one side. Is it take the points because it's even?" Or you, again, no, you're not. This it's is not, not what even. you're doing. It's, it's not even. I mean, the Ravens are the better team, so it okay. should be three and a half points. It's not I saw it go up to four at one book. By the way, does that matter? I mean, if I had to bet, I'd probably lay the wood. To be honest, if I had to bet, I lay the wood on both. Um, but I don't, I, if I do bet, I'll be like 50 bucks, but I'm not feeling these like sometimes like tomorrow, maybe the lightning bolt will hit me. I'll be like, Oh, Ravens are going to kill him. I know it, but right. it, you know, but oftentimes I'm like, I don't know. could go either way. By the way, is he, uh, uh, so that's going to wrap our football discussion. We're just going to talk some other topics from in here, but real quick, just educate me. Is the Australian open going on right now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what round are they in as of um, today? So Coco Goff just lost in the semis to, lost. Okay. to um, what's her name? Sabalenka, who who I wrote about this summer because right. it was such a sick match. Yeah. Um, but Sabalenka beat her. Sabalenka's a beast. Sabalenka's like six feet tall with broad shoulders. Yeah. You know, yeah. like one of these like Eastern Europeans who's just like, you know, it's Drago. She's Drago. And Coco Goff is Apollo Creed. Like, 
And Coco Golf <laughs> is five foot nine. You know, it's not like she's like some she's tiny, a dog. Yeah, yeah. Right. She's just but she's not. But she's not physically like Drago, right? So she played Drago, and she beat her in the U.S. Open, like running down every shot, like unbelievable, like running off the court to get these shots. Wait, it was like when it, did that match happen? The semi that, was it last night? It was. It was this morning. This well, morning. I mean, okay. Well, last night U.S. time. This morning Portugal time. Well, okay. So 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 basically like. You know, in the US Open, she just was just, it was like Michael Chang at the French Open where he's just running down every shot. Right. And, you know, so she was just, it was incredible. But, you know, I didn't see this match. I just, I, I woke up and I saw it was over. Um, but she uh, just, you know, Sabalenka is a beast. Um, so, but, but now Djokovic, you know, so Djokovic has had to deal with a lot of sinners um, these last few years, the way they treated him. And the, the Australian Open semifinal is no exception. He's playing sinner uh, in the final, in the semifinal. <laughs> very good very good and i also liked your post about uh before the coco golf loss you said is this a bigger week for coco or jared golf yeah, i love that one that was a good yeah. one see this is the yeah. real man sports stuff that i'm missing that right. i've been lobbying for for a half a year that i finally got it right. back so i couldn't do happy. like biomedical authoritarianism then which golf is gonna have a better week at the yeah. uh yeah this week and well already you know coco's lost that because she lost the uh she lost but uh but Djokovic playing center i think he's kind of dominated him mm-hmm. and then uh but you never know and then uh but alcaraz lost um, oh, he lost so, to who? Yeah, he lost to um, some dude like Rublev dude. or one of those guys. No, not Rublev, a different one. Anyway, so, but Medvedev is in the semis. And Medvedev actually almost beat Djokovic in the U.S. Open final. That was a tough match. That was a good one. And he's really good on hard court. So that will be, if, if that's the final, Djokovic-Medvedev, that'll be a re, a, another rematch in the U.S. Open. And that'd be a good final. So we'll revisit this when the, uh, by the way, did you hear that beep? Go on. Is that going over no, camera? No, okay. No. It was a beep because I'm, I'm in this draft right now and someone just picked. All right. If um, we'll revisit this in September or August, but I would like, since you're passionate about this stuff and I'm still learning about the U S open and tennis, maybe we, uh, we do like a video. That's like a seven minute recap. Look forward, you know, something 10 minutes. Or I less. mean, I'm far from a tennis expert. I just, no, like not, that. not experts. This yeah. is just people that are watching. I don't want tennis experts doing yeah. a, a video. It's like, yeah. Hey, this is our stupid takes from fans that are just interested in, it. you know, something like that seven minute video that you could post to real man sports. Sure. Well, yeah, I'll do, I'll do whatever. I did that yeah. video, like embarrassingly buying that, uh, survivor ticket so i can do anything you know? no just something like this we're like hey this is what's the matchups this is what we think and oh, maybe yeah. yeah like sports gambling is it i'm just i'm just big on Djokovic because he did not comply right and then he and then he got cheated out of two or three grand slams he would have like 30 something now he got cheated um and and then just crushed and won three he was one game in one set against alcaraz in wimbledon away from getting a grand slam at age 35 36 yeah. After being banned. I mean, that's the sickest. That's like the sickest thing of all time. He's one game away from, you know, I, I think I, he lost seven, five or seven, six in that one set. And that was, you know, for the whole thing, which was just one of the, yeah. he's, he's, he's arguably the greatest athlete of all time. I mean, that's how, that's how sick it is. I'm there. Last thing I want to talk about, and you could just push this off to the side or move forward. I saw you had some uh, Twitter engagement with some, uh, some of your followers that were, you know, giving you Hey, standing ovation for speaking out against, you know, all the stuff that you've talked about on, on the Chrysalis podcast stuff. And then I kind of got whipped in there a little bit as not quote, not doing enough. I appreciate oh, yeah, And that, yeah. I thought just by having you on, isn't that doing like everything, like more than anyone else is the only reason I don't really like say then Cause I feel like I'm not educated enough to have an opinion on this, but just having you on and letting you know, it's like, Hey, I'm obviously rubber stamping what you say. I thought that was like, I was going to get cheered. Meanwhile, I got booed. 
Yeah, that was a little that was a little harsh. I I that guy Do you I, agree? I, no, I I agree with you. I don't yeah, agree with the guy. I thought that guy was being kind of a douche. It's like you with your 14 followers are gonna tell everybody what they have to say and and everything else. I mean, I, I feel like, dude, nobody these videos don't exist if you don't put them up there. That's right? what I was thinking. I, I said I told <laughs> I them, I told them that. I told them that. I'm <laughs> yes, like, I'm like, why do you think I have this video and, and who's platforming this at all? Nobody is. You think people in the fantasy industry are like, Liz, come on. Nobody invites me on anymore. I don't right. care. I, I don't give a fuck. But I mean, they could. I know all of them. They could be like, hey, come on to this podcast. Come on to this, you know, corporate sponsored site because we know each other. Ask about football and then go off on what you're, what you're talking about now in your podcast. They could. Nobody does. Not only does nobody do it, nobody even considers doing that. Nobody even in their wildest dreams does it. So you're giving Alan shit for actually doing it. You know, I mean, dude, come on. People are just crazy though. You know, people, they, they have like a really weird view of, um, of the way the world works. Um, sometimes it's a bit, it's just like a bit naive. It's just like, I don't know, you know, so, um, so I'm with way, you, guy, I'm with you there. You know, yeah. The guy who said that, by the way, he was just a passionate Chrysalis fan. And he even said, he, you know, he said some complimentary things to me, just that he wants everyone to do more. And I get that. And again, for those who are a little bit lost in the sauce here, um, I was uh, critiqued in a Twitter post for not doing, for not um, amplifying Chris Liss's voice enough. But as Chris just told you, if you're listening, is that I'm I'm the guy having him on every week. And gladly, by the way, I think you're doing me the favor. It's a mutual sort of thing. And plus, you know, I I, I value your friendship, and I and but I applaud what you're saying and want other people that are maybe into sports. And I we we always keep it to the end here, right? So if someone wants to tune out, they can tune out. We don't mix it in with our other stuff. So anyway, well, I mean, yeah, my, my point is just, I said it too on the Twitter thread. I didn't want yes, to get you did. too much trouble and say, well, he, you know, I just was like, no, he does yes. this. Yep. But, but my point is just sort of like, um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, look, I wish more people, um, were like not head in the sand, you know, and, and actually like, you know, the same people who were like, well, the unvaccinated should be separated from society. Why? Oh, because they're spreading this disease and they don't care about the people who created the disease and they're and they don't make a peep about it. Um, and they're all just driven by their, you know, incentives of, you know, th there's no code, there's no honor, there's no principle at stake. And I wish more people were like that. But but at the same time, like the people who weren't like actively um, part of the problem, I'm not going to like say you need to say this or you need to say that. I'm sure there's a lot of things going on in the world that I don't say anything about that. I have no specific um, interest in that, you know, sure. I could probably say something about that too. So right. it's not people... about that. Just take care of your own shit. You know I mean? Just honestly, like take care of your own. Um, obviously if somebody's like being aggressive toward innocent people, um, I'm going to say something about them, but if it's just like, they're not, they're choosing to talk about something else. I mean, you know, wor worry about your own business. You know, <laughs> I, I just think it's, it's a bit ridiculous. Yep. All right. Well, we'll leave it there. That's a good one. Uh, we'll be back next week with another collaboration podcast between Real Man Wood Sports and Rotowire. You could follow Just Real me. Man Sports. No more Real Man Wood Sports. Real Man Wood Real is Man still exists. It still exists, by the way. Did I say Real, Real Man, Man Wood? Yeah, you did. Oh, okay. All right. But Real Man Wood still exists, but it's just jokes. It's just a joke. Okay. So Real Man Sports. Yeah. Sorry about the Freudian slip. I'm, it's I'm, all right. Real yeah. Man Wood was the, original, was the original name. And I called it Freudian because Wood. Yeah. Right. Of course. Yeah. Of course. All right. And uh, you could follow Chris Liss on X at Real Man Sports. Right. Do I have that right? 
or Correct. of course you can at follow him sports. at Chris underscore list for his um, takes on society, not politics, but society. Yeah. Is that the right way to say it? Yeah. On, on okay. just anything observations. And, and then also there's a new Chris list podcast. Um, I'm it's either dropped or it's dropping this week. It's already out, already out. already out. Okay, good. And then uh, state and a couple just a roto wire announcements is that this channel that you're watching the fantasy football on is going to become branded the roto wire fantasy baseball channel starting right after the Super Bowl. And list, we're going to be starting from zero a new football channel. I'm excited about that. I did it with basketball and it's blown up, it's got like a few thousand subscribers right away. And social media, as we've talked about in the past, is really getting niched down. So in the past, we've put all our sports on this channel. So after the Super Bowl, be on the lookout for a Rotowire football channel. And this channel will become the 100% baseball fantasy channel. No comment on that? Uh, good for you. I, <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. I believe you. I believe you. You're supposed niche. to, as a co-host, supposed to say, what a great idea. That's a fantastic idea. Oh, thank you for saying such. All right, everybody. We'll, we'll see you next so week on, the, on this. <laughs> Come on. You got to be a good partner, man. I'm terrible. Right. I'm the worst. All right. We'll see you next week at the same time, Thursday at 930 a.m. If you like the live broadcast or, of course, anytime on the replay. We'll see you next week.